Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grow Up podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. And I hope that I will inspire you to do exactly the same. Now coming up this week, I have got a bit of an update from the allotment where we have suffered a bit of storm damage. We have got an update from the garden shed as well, but not only have we got Scott with his recipe, we also have a new member of the team, Jenny, and she's going to be sharing with us updates from her new allotment. So let's get into it, and I will meet you down on the allotment in just a moment to hear what's happened down there. Well, I'm down on the allotment now. Now, last Monday, I said that we had suffered no damage from the storm that had came through. But that night, another storm came through, and that actually blew over my little shed. This is my five foot by three foot metal shed that I had at the bottom of my allotment that was due to be moved this weekend. Now the reason it blew over, it is incredibly light. I can lift it on my own. So when I installed it, I screwed it down into a wooden base. But unfortunately, that wooden base has now rotted away. So the screws were basically doing nothing. Wind came along and blew it over. I actually had an email from the council saying that some damage had happened. So I drove past the allotment and I could see it. But I couldn't do anything because it's still dark in the evenings after work. So I came down this weekend and the first thing of course I had to do was sort the shed out. So I had a bit of a tidy up, went around with a dustbin liner, picked up any bits of rubbish, broken glass, things like that. The greenhouses didn't suffer any damage, it was just purely this shed. But once tidied up, I was then able to lift up the shed and move it to its new location. Now my original plan was to screw this shed down into some pallets, but... Because the wood will rot away, what I've decided to do is I've actually got some paving slabs at home that I'm going to bring down next weekend and then just screw this shed into those paving slabs. It won't take long, I just need a second person to help me lift the paving slabs because they are incredibly heavy and the good thing with this shed being so light, when it is screwed down into some heavy paving slabs, it should not move same with greenhouses they've all screwed down into paving slabs and bricks the greenhouses don't move it's all about that base when it comes to strong winds and sheds if it's securely fastened down with plenty of weight behind it it will not move so after the tidy up and the moving of the shed what I then decided to do, and this was the main thing that I wanted to do throughout January, was the moving of my trees. Now towards the southern side where I've now placed the shed, I had a cider apple tree, a hazel tree and a cherry tree. These three trees I planted when I first took on this allotment, but I squeezed them into quite a small area, only giving them a metre square each. And as they've grown, they've needed much more space. It's become very, very difficult to maintain them. They've become a very sort of twisted mess of trees. Now, I think often we are afraid about moving trees and bushes once they are planted as gardeners, but actually it is very easy to do. 
I say very easy to do. I was only actually able to move the apple tree. The cherry tree is too tough in the ground. But what I had to do, basically, I digged out the roots. Now, I try and take as much of a root as possible, but that's not always easy. And sometimes you do have to cut through the roots. A good sharp spade is what we really need, but even pruners or loppers are useful as well for cutting the roots. Once the tree is out, that's a hard bit in some ways, I then moved it over to where the shed was situated. That area was already clear of soil. I dug a hole out, dropped the tree root back into the ground and then covered it back over with the plenty of the soil that we have now moved out. I then put a stake into the ground at a 45 degree angle and then tied that to the tree to, in order to keep hold of it and stop it from moving. Gave it a really good watering in and then all we had to do, give it a good prune and then we've got to hope that it survives. If it doesn't survive, it's not the end of the world. The reason I say that, this tree hasn't actually produced any apples for a good few years and we really want cider apples from it because it is a cider apple tree. Now what we've got to do moving forward is one, make sure the ground is well watered. The good thing with this time of year, there's plenty of moisture in the soil. So that's not going to be too much of a problem. But we do want to make sure it is still well watered between now and the summer. That will encourage it to put out its roots, expand its roots and grow some more. And then I will also mulch it with some good compost, wood chip, horse manure, anything like that, just to try and make sure that the mulch really covers the soil and helps it establish quite nicely. Now, as I said, I did want to move the cherry tree. Unfortunately, a cherry tree is just not possible to move, I don't think. I've tried, it is just too well in there. I might give it another try next weekend, but what I might do instead is leave that tree where it is for this year and plant another cherry tree. I quite like cherries. This tree has produced plenty of Morello cherries over its time. Morello cherry are the type used in cooking. But I might plant another sweet eating tree instead, just to expand on what we have. At the moment, there are some bare-rooted fruit trees available online or in even garden centres or shops like The Range, and they're pretty cheap. The good thing with bare-rooted trees being sold at this time of year is that they are really easy to establish. You dig a hole, you put the roots in, you stake it, you mulch and water it, and there you go. It should establish. They're pretty cheap usually compared to actually fully grown trees, but they do need planting pretty quickly. I've brought quite a few apple trees and pear trees and cherry trees this way over the years and let's hope that it continues. So what this means is that my targets for January has now been achieved. Next week we're going to be into February and that brings a whole nother set of challenges. But for now we are done. Right let's find out what's been going on in the supporters club this week. Well, did you know that if you rate and review this podcast, you go a long way to help support this podcast. You help more people find this podcast. It only takes you a few seconds to do. So if you can do that for me, I would really appreciate it. Now, we have had another comment from Lynn this week who found that last week's episode was very educational and found out that where potatoes were the first vegetables to be grown in space. And she thanks me for that. It really does take you a few seconds just to leave 
a little comment like that as well as a rating which really does help out this podcast but you can also go a step further if you really want to and become a member of our supporters club now our supporters club is set up to keep this podcast running financially we charge £5 a month to be a member, but for that £5 a month, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts that guide, share with you what we're doing here at the Veg Grower Podcast HQ. But also, you get a collection of seeds sent to your door every month that you are a member. And these seeds can be sown in that very month, and we very much sow them throughout the month as part of the club all out for just five pound a month i personally think it's a bargain we add extra features as we go and often we try and get discount codes too so it could end up that that five pound a month saves you more money than what you're spending i think it's worthwhile doing to find out more and to sign up please head to the vegpodcast.co.uk now we are about to head to another allotment. You're not going to hear from me for this section. It's all over to Jenny. Jenny has been on this podcast before at Gardener's World Live last year, but she's just recently moved house. She's got herself a new allotment, and I thought this was going to be a great opportunity to start hearing more from somebody else with a brand new allotment starting right from the beginning. So let's head down to Jenny's allotment. Hi guys, I hope you're all well. Well, I'm super excited. I'm finally here. I'm on plot 50, our new allotment. So I'm standing here looking at our allotment. The gate is broken. The gate post has, has snapped. And the chicken wire fence is down from next door's bean poles that fell over in the wind. But that's okay. These things happen. Easily fixed. I'll get some thick tree stakes to use as fence posts and we'll fashion a gate from something, I don't know, old pallets or bits and bobs we have lingering around. I'm sure we'll come up with something. There are a few weeds and a few old crops to clear. I can see some old onions which look a bit soggy. But nothing that a quick hoe won't sort out. Nothing very big at all. But I have noticed there's lots of verbena and fabascums and budleys and things that have self-set themselves. And they'll be really useful for, for companion planting. So I'm going to keep those. I'm going to go around and lift them and pot them on so that we can have a good old clear up. We've planned the plot. We've measured it all out. It's all going to fit. So, so far, so good. We're going to start digging the pond first. That's going to be made from old plastic boxes and an old metal gate on top to keep it childproof because that's one of the site rules that it has to be childproof. The allotment is 11 and a half by 16 metres facing due east. We have water troughs nearby plus a natural well which is amazing. At the minute it's just a plain rectangle, no structures, nothing. But I plan to have two polytunnels, a patio with cover over it, a growing archway, beds, pond, composting bays, flower beds, dead hedges, etc. So hopefully it'll all look rather amazing. I do not use any nets or chemicals or nematodes. I like nature to find a balance. Polyculture, let it all grow wild, organise chaos, but 
I love this way of growing. It works so well. So there'll be lots of bird feeders, pools of water, uh, log piles, dead hedges, insect hotels, shelter for hedgehogs and things. It'll be completely natural and organic and a family space. And that's really important. I don't want it to be somewhere that we find it a chore. I want it to be somewhere that we want to be. It's all very exciting. The family's all very excited. It's, it's going to be a fun new adventure. Very much longed for. It's in a great site. It's four minutes from our house by car. And there's a supermarket on the other side of the road that has a bakery and um, facilities in there. So we can be here all day. Not a problem. It's a fantastic community down here. Really friendly. And there's an on-site shop for compost and cloches and things you need to buy. It is really great. It's really welcoming. I can park the car close by. I can't, I can't wait. I'm just really excited. I've made the first sowings. Uh, we've got chilies undergo, peppers, aubergines and rhubarb from the supporters club. Asparagus as well. And because it's a bit early for lots of other stuff... I've also made a start on lots of companion planting. So I've done some more verbena, some lupins, some foxgloves. And I'm going to start loads of herbs off in the next few weeks. Because I really need the companion planting to be mature enough to help out the small vegetable and fruit plants when they get popped in. So my priority is always a companion planting first. So uh, to help get that balance that we need. Yeah, all the seeds are planned. I've um, got my list of things to buy. Can't wait. Super excited. Hi, it's Scott here. And much like last week, I have been taking stock of the 2023 harvest and seeing what I have left in storage and what I still have to pick at the allotment. And I'm down to things like root vegetables. And it does make you think what people used to do before we had the luxury of shipping vegetables from overseas. I'm pretty sure preserving summer and autumn crops played a big part in it. And also dishes like this week's dish. And it's a dish my grandma used to make all the time. And it's Scotch broth. She was from Scotland and sadly no longer with us. And I never got the recipe from her. But I have enjoyed recreating it. And actually, after speaking with my mum, she made it different every time anyway. Often with just vegetables and a good stock or sometimes with lamb or even ham hocks, but it always had pearl barley and root vegetables in it. I have made mine with lamb and think she would have approved of the results. It really is the perfect dish for this time of year. For this recipe, you will need 200 grams of diced carrots, 200 grams of diced swede, 200 grams of diced celeriac, 150 grams of diced leeks, 100 grams of diced white onion, 300 grams of diced lamb, 200 grams of pearl barley, and 2 litres of lamb stock. Method. In a saucepan with a lid, start by sweating the onions and leeks in a little oil. Cook until soft. Then add the diced lamb and cook for a couple of minutes. Then add the diced vegetables, followed by the pearl barley and then the lamb stock, and bring to a boil. Then cover with a lid and reduce the heat to a gentle simmer and cook for one and a half to two hours or until the lamb and barley are tender. Season with salt and pepper and that's it done. Serve with lots of bread and butter and enjoy. 
And that's it from me this week. Well, I'm here in my shed at home, out in the back garden, and I'm having a bit of a tidy up, reorganise and spruce up in here. Now, I believe that a nice, tidy, organised shed really does make our lives as gardeners much easier. By that, I mean if I can easily grab my tools and get on with a task in hand, it just makes life easier. But also, when we put tools away, it makes it easy to see if we have forgotten or lost a certain tool. Now, last week, I did ask for you to send in some of your examples of how you keep some your sheds organised. And I had a great response to that, I've got to say. We have seen people who are keeping pots inside of stockings hanging up inside a shed. This is a great idea, I felt. I thought that was a really good way of keeping those pots. They just seem to take up a lot of space and are difficult to really sort anything out. Great idea to keep them nice and organised. Just stockings filled up with pots hanging up in the shed. A great idea. There's also shoe storages hanging over doors where we can keep tools in as well. And not to forget seed storage ideas as well. Lots and lots of great ideas. Now, personally, I have in here a pegboard and I use this pegboard to hang my tools up. The reason I went for a pegboard is because we can easily change things around. The pegboard itself came from Ikea and there's a, loads of different hooks and attachments that we can add to this, even drawers or containers that just have, I felt, made it easy to make storage possible. But also, if we change out a tool, so let's say we break a spade or a fork, we can easily just change that around in the future as well. It's something that I personally have quite liked. In the past, I've used things like shadow boards. That's where you have an outline of a tool on a piece of wood hanging up and with hooks to hold that tool in place. And they work great. In fact, they're very, very good. Especially if you lose a tool, you can easily see that the tool is missing. The only downside, as I said, if a tool does break, you then have this space that is left not easy to change. So for me, pegboards have really fulfilled that function quite well. What I would like to do in the future is actually change the pegboards for something called a French cleat wall. If you don't know what it is, look it up. But it's basically cutting 45 degree angles on a piece of wood to make these hooks that are also easy to change around. That might be something we do in the future. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. All I know is that this shed is eight foot by eight foot. I built it a few years ago to my own design and it has been great. It really has been great. But we are changing things around in here. Now, only one wall hang has that hanging tools, and that's right by the entrance, I have to say, because what I think is that if the tools are by the entrance, I can easily grab them when I need them. So that is great, as I said, but all around the rest, what I've actually got is some kitchen cabinets. I've placed the kitchen cabinets on the ground, and I use those kitchen cabinets for storage, of course, for things like feeds and fertilizers, netting, and things like that. I personally prefer drawers because I find drawers are easier to access. It always annoys me when something you want is right at the back of the cabinet. But drawers work quite nicely. But 
you know, these were free and they have done the job quite well, these kitchen cabinets. So I'm very happy with them, I have to say, very happy with these. On top of the kitchen cabinets, I do have worktops as well, which make a great area for working on a variety of, of tasks and things like that. So I think it is a really good system that I have here. But we do want to improve it, so I'm still looking for storage ideas of what we can do. This shed I did use for my live stream that we do every Sunday at 6. Uh, but I've moved the live stream studio into another shed, into the podding shed actually. So things, as I said, are going to be changing and perhaps we can do a bit more in this shed. Now outside we have made a few developments. The first thing that we have been able to add to our garden is a Belfast sink. A friend of ours is currently ripping out the insides of a pub. Uh, it's a shame, don't get me wrong, it is a shame, but he was told that this Belfast sink, smash it up and get rid of it. Well, he knows I like my gardening, so he rang me up and said, do you want it? And I said, yes, of course. And we went and got that the other day. It's incredibly, incredibly heavy. My friend did check with his boss that this was OK. I should say that. It's not like we've stolen it or anything like that, that I have got permission to have this. But it is great because we've now got this extra Belfast sink. I already have two Belfast sinks in a garden. This one is slightly bigger. And what we're going to do is place it somewhere and fill it up with compost and use it for growing herbs in. I am changing around our herb garden in the future. So this is just something else that we're going to use for that. Nice big thing. Belfast sinks, I think, look great as well. So this is a real bonus in my eyes to have this in my garden. Very, very, very happy with that to say the least. In the greenhouse, I've seen that my onions that I sowed on Christmas have started to germinate, so that's great. We're going to take those down to the allotment soon enough. And also our lettuce has germinated in there, so things that we have sown are really are germinating. I've always said that it just goes to show that we can still sow seeds in January. It's just about finding the right seeds for your location and your certain seasonalities so you know when people tell you it's far too early just remember that it does depend i spoke about this on a previous podcast now indoors our chilies and our aubergines are really growing quite fast and uh, i've had to actually extend our grow light station i've had to add extra lights and an extra container on the worktop next to the shelving system just because we're getting so many plants that are ready to go i really have grown far too many seedlings I don't mind that because we're going to be using them in the future. But if we didn't have the space, we would genuinely be struggling. I don't know what we're going to do if they take up more space because our, our window seals don't get a huge amount of light. Our worktops are pretty full. The wife is just about bearing with me at the moment, but it won't take long before she starts getting annoyed with the amount of plants I have on the window seal, quite rightly too. So there's a lot of things that are uh, we need to do. We need to expand our growing system. We need really need a bit of warmth in the greenhouse so we can start moving plants out there. Many plants, many of our tender plants, certainly, it's far too early, far too cold for them to go in the greenhouse. So fingers crossed that we are going to survive. We'll find out in the future, of course. 
Right, let's head back into the pod and shed and wrap up this week. Well, as we approach the end of this week's podcast, just got a few things that I want to go through. Firstly, on Sunday, the 4th of February, this coming Sunday, if you are in the Brighton area, please do head along to CD Sunday, which is at Brighton Open Market. It's free to get in the actual seed swap, which is what CD Sunday is. Go along, swap some seeds. If you are after getting some seeds, it's a good place to go and look. More details are online if you search for seed. Sunday but for me the real highlight is that you will find me on stage between three and four o'clock in the afternoon I'm taking part in the local gardeners question time that they are running I will be on the panel answering gardening questions they are charging three pound for the talks and you need to book in advance but if you are interested in that or if you're going please do let me know and we'll try and meet up and say hello Now, each week I am setting a bit of a challenge for you. And what we're doing this week, it is the 1st of February on Thursday. I want you to go to your allotments, your gardens, and take a photo and send it in. That way we get a picture of what has changed over this last month. I can already think of several things that have changed in both my allotment and my garden. This, as I've said last month, it's a great way of keeping a record of how your allotment or your garden changes as well well that brings us up to the end of this week's podcast if you have enjoyed it then please do rate and review and if you want to support us then please do become a member of our supporters club at the vegproundpodcast.co.uk if you want to get in touch my email address is of course richard at the vegproundpodcast.co.uk or you can head to the website and leave a comment or even leave a voicemail Uh, And finally, don't forget you can find us on social media as well. Well, that is it for this week. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care.